and welcome to the Steam Power Podcast. Chicka 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 chicka. Alrighty, live from beautiful downtown Southern Maryland. It's the Steam Power Podcast episode number sixty-five for the what's today, the tenth of May. May 10th? Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah, May 10th, 2015. <laughs> we are a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the latest and the greatest in science, technology, engineering, art, and math news, as well as the open source and maker movements. Steam power. Power to change the world. I'm Mike. I'm Lisa. It's time to get... Steamy. All right. I didn't oh. say that as steamy as I usually do this week. It's been a busy week. It yeah. was a busy month. It's the end of the school year. Everything happens at the end of the school year, and therefore we're busy and nuts. So that's we're going. That's why we're going raw this week. If you're watching, <laughs> you'll notice you can actually see like the real room and like there's stuff like a refloster oven and books and the buddy bot. If you're so, which is live now on Mauser's website, I'll put a link to that. Um, so how's your week going? Oh, happy Mother's Day! By Thank the way, you. Thank you. You're a great mother. Thank you. Despite all my shortcomings, <laughs> you compensate well. I think we complement each other well in the parenting department. Uh, let's see. So we want to get out of the house here. So we're going to try to go through, and we're going to try something new instead of. Yeah, we're going to try a new format today. Instead of having like four or five longer discussion. stories, we're going to try to have maybe ten shorter stories, and that way we can share more news. And more viewpoints with you. And then I don't have to sit here or another one of us have to sit here and blabber and like pretend like we're not we're experts in things <laughs> that we're really not. Because we're not experts. We simply are no. just geeks that like certain <laughs> news and we want to share it with the world. Would you consider me a geek? You're a geek. Everyone's you think a geek. So? Everyone's a geek in some way. Yes. Like even I, people I agree that are like into that. fashion, they're fashion geeks. They yes. really like fashion. That's true. Sports. I mean, let's, so geek is just play, code speak for really liking something in your right, like mind. fantasy football and fantasy fa- baseball. That's like it's like World of Warcraft or for smart sports people. Yes, it's like it's still geek. I just sit there. I, I sit there and I've tried to play these geek fantasy. for me is code word for smart and something. Like, it's passionate. I would yes. say because frankly, I'm not smart in things that I'm passionate about, but I still consider myself geek in them. Like video games, I get beat by ten year olds all the time. I'm not good <laughs> at it. But I like them. It is what it is. I'm older. We're all getting older. All right. Anyway, let's um, let me see here. Let me run over and let me click this other button. And my computer is going to freeze on us, and it's going to be real sad. And then I'm going to be sad, and you're going to be sad, and everybody's going to be sad. But we want to go ahead and thank our first sponsor, our only sponsor, really, actually. Oh well. Um, audibletrial.com slash steampowerpodcast. You can head over and you can pick up a free 30-day trial to Audible, which is for the people that have been living under a rock for the last you know 10 years or whatever. It's a place to get what? Audiobooks. Yay, audiobooks. Which are great in the car. We are a proud Audible family. I think we're up to like, we got like two or three credits. I was going to say, I, I have a couple of credits to use and I'm ready to use them because I'm almost done with Bossy Pants. And I didn't like it as much as Yes, Please. You're more of an Amy Poehler fan. I I guess oh. I am. I'm more of an Amy Poehler fan. Not, I mean, I like Tina Fey. I think she's funny. I loved her Sarah Palin on Saturday Night Live. I think she's a funny lady. It's just she has a different personality than Amy right. Poehler. That's why they, co- they compliment. They're yes, the and, and I think my personality lends itself 
more to Amy Poehler's. But I think my next go around, I'm going to try maybe, um, I don't know, a different type of book. Like, like a fiction? Mm, I'm not sure if I'm fiction, but maybe something like an uplifting or I don't necessarily want to say like self-help, but mm, yeah. something to, uh, you know, that's meant to. Make you feel good about yourself. Yeah, feel good. Keep down on the inside. A feel-good book, whether it's a fiction book or not, some sort of feel-good book. I feel you. Yeah. Well. Bossy Pants wasn't as feel-good as Yes, Please was. Mm. I think that's why I didn't like it as much. Well, you can make your own decision by heading over to, again, audibletrial.com slash steampowerpodcast. Sign up for a free 30-day trial. Yes, they have lots to choose from. Well, 100, over 180,000 titles. Good for your Windows phone. Your Android phone, your Kindle, your iOS thingies, all that stuff you can get an Audible app for. Uh, and if you decide to keep it, it's only fourteen ninety five a month afterwards, which gives you one credit a month, which basically gives you one book a month. Um, there are some books that are two credits, but you can cancel at any time. And once you cancel, you keep all the books you've already purchased. And I didn't run into any of those two credit books yet. So no, see. they rare. must be few and far between. I think they're very, very, it's most like, I, I my probably the most. ones that are literally like 600 pages, maybe, or two. Yeah. There may be like maybe game of Thrones books. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but you'll find out. I'm just being honest with you and telling you what you're going to get yourself into. That's how they're droll. <laughs> to be honest. But we've had a good experience with yeah. audible. Yep. We are uh, proud to give them our credit card every month. <laughs> All right. Let me go back and see if this is working today. I've I've changed some settings. I thought so. It looks like it's defaulting again. All right. So I was looking at you doing it, and I thought it looked a little different than the normal. You have another day uh, gift that we could be showing off, but will not because it's in the other room. That's okay. Yeah, it's it's just another loom. We got so. some looms from Mother's Day. I got a couple different looms. I got the um, all-in-one knitting board. That's it's a big like Afghan sweater. You've been, so, Clara, you've been using the round looms to make, like, hats and socks lately. Yes, I've been using the round ones. But I also got an extra fine-gauge sock loom, which makes better socks than those socks I've been making. You, you like, you have been having, like, the real thick socks. Now you can yes. do more yes. refined. Now I can do the thinner socks, which will be nice for summer. That'd be cool. Well, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. And then I guess we'll, we'll and then we have one gift that's coming that we can show off the next time we do the podcast. Yeah, we'll save it. We'll yes. It. I, I enjoyed buying it because it was electronic -y. And that's that's as much as we'll say. Electronic-y stuff. And then the next time it's my turn for a gift, I want the gift that keeps on giving. My credit card? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I get that whenever I want it. Anyway. Like, you already got that. What are you talking about? Google stock, honey. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure that out. Um, I was lucky enough to recently, um, you know, un unfortunately, due to the passing of a family member, I was left some stocks, and I've been having a lot of fun tracking them and keeping up with them and to be sure it's not enough. We're not oh, it's not very much. Not no, <laughs> at all. not very much, but it's just enough to, um, you know, to make me fun. feel like I have a little something and have fun with it. And, uh, which there's a question for you. I'm the proud owner of a couple shares of Apple stock. And, um, I think 
a few Microsoft, maybe. Microsoft. I think like 14 shares of Microsoft. So here's a question for you. We I two got other two things. apps I like. When I put to track things like your stocks, I went on, I go online. And I like Google Finance because it's real easy to add stuff and they have mm-hmm. it really pretty. It's nice to track. It's magical. But they don't have an app for iOS. So for that, for the app side, I put the same data in into Yahoo's Finance. I like Yahoo Finance. So I'm curious if there's anything better out there. Leave us a note. Let us know if there's any app that you use to track things like stocks. Yes. What's your favorite? Yes. Right now I'm using Yahoo Finance, and I like that because it updates in real time. Um, there are a couple things that I'm not crazy about it, but I don't necessarily mind either. So, so we want to know what you like. Yeah, maybe there's something better out there. All right. I got my little thing for the week. It's like $4 on Amazon. It's got these little two little three and a half millimeter, two and a half millimeter jack. And it's got a USB. So what do you think it is? What do you do with this? Any idea? Uh, uh, it's my, <laughs> right. So I got my That's little. out of my wheelhouse, honey. For, uh, so, so for amateur radio nerds, um, when you want to program frequencies into your little handheld receivers, transceivers. So like I use a little cheap Baofeng Chinese radio. But to sit there and actually use the onboard programs to make the frequencies, pain in the butt. What you do is you take this, you plug this into the headphone jack, microphone jack, and you plug this into your computer, and there's an app called Chirp, and I think it's for Linux, Windows, and OS X. And you can sit there and you type in the frequencies real easily, and then you just upload it to your radio. Okay. So for a couple bucks on Amazon, we'll put a link to it. It's working out. I, I tried it the other night, and it nice. works beautifully. I think that's going to be um, probably what your Father's Day present's going to be. We'll figure something Well, partly, because you had a pretty big early Father's Day I present did. with the PlayStation 4 that we got I you. Finally, we finally broke down in July. Yes. I, I was Microsoft guy forever, and... Uh, I tried to. So, I, how are you liking the PlayStation Four? Love it. It's awesome. It's. Um, You're sad you waited this long, aren't you? So yeah, there's things like so probably anybody that listens to, to the video gamers like yeah, that's old news because the PlayStation's been out for like what a year? And Almost a, half a year. Yeah. No, more than a year. More than a year. Like a year and a half. Okay. It was even out in 2013. But the Xbox hasn't been out a year, right? No, they're both came at the they same both? time. They both. Okay. Yep. Louise, we use older than that. It's like that's almost two in the years. Yes, I know that we use older. Um, but so, yeah, the things I like is the um, the power saving mode. Like before, you turn off your Xbox. Like I had an Xbox 360. You turn it off, and it go. It's done, right? So there's this kind of really low power mode, and so like when I'm done playing right now, I'm playing Far Cry. When I'm done playing the game. I go to you know go to the menu, hit low power mode, put it to sleep. When I want to come back up and play, I press the one button, and because it's still stored in memory, and everything doesn't shut down. You just it, you're right back in the game, like no way. Oh, no. okay, that's, that's cool. nice. I like the integrated, and I know the Xbox One has this too, and I'm sure the Xbox One does a lot of the similar stuff too. But um, yes, that's true. Option. Maybe the Xbox One has the power saving well, a lot mode of stuff, too. See, the problem is that a lot of stuff didn't come out with right out of the box with Xbox One. But now that since I weighed it, it probably is a moot point at this point, but I guess it's stuck in my head, like PlayStation 4 is better. 
um, <laughs> the sharing, like to be yeah. Able to so you Twitch. should caveat this with you've not played an Xbox One. I have played an Xbox. One. Oh, I you played have. it a year, a year ago at um, Pax Pace or was someone else somewhere else. I played it in a. I, play, I mean, I've played it. It was in the store. I don't know. I've played it before. Um, but you're not sure if it has these features or not. Oh yeah, yeah. This is just me. Yes. What I look at the PlayStation Four. Um, and then like the, the Twitch broadcast, you press one button, you broadcast. Um, and that's pretty cool. Not that I don't have the, uh, correct assets to actually have anyone watch me. But <laughs> you didn't have people watching you the other day. You had three people yeah, watching you. Yeah, three people. They, none one, of they, which were me. None of which were you. No. Me. It was pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, let's, um, let's end that rant. And let's get into the stories for the week, shall we? Sure. Let me go click a button again. Let me go over here and click this button again. Click that button again. All right. Um, I'm not going to dwell on this one. I'm going to just head, tell you to go over to episode seven of Gears of Resistance, where I went into a deep dive on this. But basically, last week, Microsoft announced a big deal with uh, Raspberry Pi and Arduino, and especially Arduino, to help bring uh, the Internet of Things with Windows 10 that's coming out uh, and making that all connect together. So you can head over again to Gears of Resistance and, uh, you can, I did a whole episode where I gave my thoughts about this, but okay. I just want to share it here to get people to go over and watch it. How's Gears of Resistance coming along? It's coming along swimmingly. Good. Um, I think it's nice for you to have your own little, um, technical type well, that, that, of right. podcast. I can go hardcore techie. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's what Gears of Resistance is. Ever since you brought me in, this one has been a lot more... Um, this is more fun. I like this one. <laughs> it's been a lot less technical, I'm sure, since I've joined the crew. But it's been good. It's been better. This actually gets more views, so there you go. All right, we talked about this a little bit the other week. So we're just going to... Uh, it's official now. Tesla, Elon Musk announced what's called the Tesla Powerwall. Yes, we talked about this um, last podcast, right? Yep. It is basically gives you, there's two options. There's a $3,000 and a $3,500 option. Uh, that's just for the Powerwall itself. Um, and the it day it you, came out, we said, I told you, gee, honey, maybe we should look at getting this. I should, and I and waited. Then you and it's now waited there. and looked at it. Uh, last I checked, it's not till July 2016. It's the first time <laughs> you'll be able to because they're so, already pre-ordered, backed up. Yeah. But if you want one ASAP, you're kind of out of luck. But uh, but if you want one just in the coming future, you might want to hop on the list, I guess. Yeah, you can sign up and you'll be waitlisted. But uh, so basically, it's seven kilowatt hour, ten kilowatt hour battery that plugs into your house. Um, and the nice thing is, so here, unlike a generator, so like everyone's like, well, what's the difference from a generator? Well, a generator you only use when there's an emergency and the power's out, right? You go yes. hook up the generator, you fill it up. Start it up, boom, you're powered back up. The power wall has, because it's always, con- it's installed permanently into your, your electrical system of your house. The cool thing about it is, say, during the day when electricity is really expensive, um, you can power your house off the power wall, and therefore you don't actually suck in any electrons out of the grid, which means your electric bill goes down. And then at night, you, when the electricity is cheaper, it powers the battery, charges the battery back up, and then you can run off the cheaper grid electricity at night. That's nice. Um, so that's the two for one. That's the nice thing is that it's not just for emergencies. And you know, ten seven kilowatt hour, ten kilowatt hour. This uh, we'll share the link. 
that, that gives you about, you know, somewhere between, you know, the, again, it depends on your the size of your house and how much stuff you've got and how energy efficient it is. But, you know, average, they say that that's enough for about five to 10 hours of power. So, you know, in, in the event of a storm. So is that the downfall of this battery is that you can't run it as long as a generator? Right. So with a, Because suppose right. in an ice storm where your power is out for, say, three days. Right. So, so the, the, then you're kind of out of luck. Right. So the nice thing with the generator is so long as you have access to gasoline, you can keep going. Yes. Um, my, you know, the flip side is with the Tesla Powerwall because he also owns that company called Solar City. Ideally, what you would do is you would also get solar power installed when you do this battery. Then you would power off the solar grid and off the solar. So would that grid. potentially give you more power as in more days or is there a finite um, amount of time that it depends you can on have charged how, up? How, right. So it depends on how bright. So again, during the day, if it's bright enough, you would run, you would, as you charge up the batteries, you would also, if you get enough power, you could run your house. What's the maximum charge on it though? These batteries themselves? Yes. Are seven kilowatt hour and 10 kilowatt hour batteries. So that depends, again, depending on how much energy you use in your house, it, it, that depends on how, how long those batteries will last. Okay. So you, there's no one answer. I can't just say that it's, this will give it's, you the okay, power. It okay. depends on, how much power you, your rate of energy, your the, your power usage, which is the rate of energy consumption. If you don't use much power, could you potentially stretch this out to last? Sure, a couple of days. If you wanted to just charge your iPhone, yeah, you could probably charge for days. Except most people are probably not months. If their power goes out, they're going to run the refrigerator. They're going to run at least one light. Right. So, can I, you run your refrigerator? Yeah, so okay. what what I would guess is that a lot of people will do is just like if you if you put in a switch for your um you know if you want to have a generator, you would pick which circuits you want powered and you would just know that if the power goes out, you go out to your circuit breaker and turn these breakers off. Yeah. And therefore you'll maximize your uh your battery life. Yeah, so you would keep things probably like, you know, yeah, I'll keep my um keep my refrigerator running. Um, keep my lights running, mm-hmm. but you know you make a trade-off. One, okay, we won't have air conditioning. You know, in the summertime. So, but you know that's better than nothing. So, I mean, I think the, the which fits a hundred out. You may need the, to the have real air benefit. <laughs> you know, here's the reality: is that um, for most people, the benefit of this is going to be not from the emergency preparedness. It's going to be from, from the energy savings, running right. the house during the just the normal day. Right. That's that's what's gonna. And that's so that's nice what thing. you think most people probably got it for, right? Right, because so thirty five hundred dollars is how much the battery. From what I understand, um, if you sign up with them, they're installers that they've made deals with. I think you can go out and you can you know you can buy the battery and get someone else to install. But they, you know they have like okay, here's our guys that mm-hmm. we, we've dealt with. So the total package for installation, which is the battery and AC inverter, because again, D- batteries are DC. You, your power, your house needs AC. Um, to install that and all that equipment, it's about $5,000 total. So the real cost, total cost, uh, parts labor is 5k, which is still, you know, very comparable. You're probably going to save that in a year or two. Um, yeah, again, right. it, go, it goes, it depending on how much your usage is, right? It, it, it depends. It depends uh, where you live because everyone's energy rates different, you know? 
So it, that's true. It's not. It's there's no easy answer to say this is how fast. But certainly in a five year time period, you potentially would break even with it. I would be comfortable saying probably on average five to ten years is probably where most people would fall in. So if you're gonna if you're gonna be in your house for five to ten years, mm-hmm. this is a yeah, long it's term. Probably, it is. I mean, it's not like it's one. It's not the thing where you spend five bucks and then you're saving hundreds of dollars every month. Yeah, this is this is it is it is within a reasonable return on investment. It's not like it takes twenty years to re, you know recoup. It's it's a couple of years, which is not bad. No, we spent way too. And long I would that. think there's probably less chance of a fire with that too. Oh, uh, I mean, lithium-ion batteries are notorious for catching on fire. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean that's well, that's not good. The the, the Boeing seven eighty seven, uh, some laptop batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that remains to be seen. Then, if if this has, you know, if there's house fires that are associated well, I'm sure with this or not, because yeah. because I I know just around here I hear in the news quite a few generator fires that happen. Well, that's yeah, I mean. A lot of that comes from people not putting the generator outside, yes. but still, well, that's the thing. you know, you will eliminate the risk of, of you eliminate because somebody will have to hook this up. It's not something you can just get and hook up yourself. It is not. So unless you're an electrician, yeah, I guess you put your your lives in the hands of the professional that hooks it up for you. That's your wiring anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, there's also a thing called the power. No, there's something else. Not power wall, something power panel, power power pack, which is a hundred kilowatt hour version, which is meant to um, um, for like you know gas stations and oh okay kind of other you know more industrial. How much is that? Uh, well, you would think if ten, if ten kilowatts is uh thirty five hundred, you know, it's a factor of ten, so thirty five grand maybe. I don't know. It doesn't say. It says the power wall stores 100 kilowatts. No, it's power pack. No. Yeah, these are essentially industrial-sized versions of the power wall that can store power pack. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the way I read that was the power wall right. that can store. And the, as in the power wall that Elon Musk claims that um, if the United States were to install 160 million of these power pack things, mm-hmm. that the U.S. Uh, could be moved totally to solar using these batteries. Mm. Anyway. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, um, at least we're on the right path. This is probably not the final answer, but we're on the right path. And we need to go on. we got to move on. We are, <laughs> we, we are yes. not committed to our timeline. Uh, let's see here. The European Space Agency, their next boss, uh, he's decided that he thinks thing, the next thing for humanity after the space station uh, is to do a uh, moon colony on the far side of the moon. Why the far side? Uh, that way, because now um, at certain times when the, um, because you know, the, the, the far side of the moon always stays away from earth, right? It yes. Always. So in um, when the, when the moon is in a point where say it's, you know, there's the sun, the earth, then the moon. Mm-hmm. Now you could put things like telescopes and have like spectacular views because the moon has no atmosphere to deal with. Um, and then because you'd have the sun behind you. Is that the only reason? 
that he wants it on the far side? It, it, for for purposes of research purposes, it would be the okay. Most okay, yes. for research purposes. Okay, right. it, it's for for the bank. If you're gonna put the if you're gonna put something on the so moon, for, this is to help explore space, right? Okay, you would get your most bang for your buck by putting it. On the, Why on the isn't that side. something we've looked at anyway? Money usually, usually the issue is always comes down. To I money. mean, why haven't we put a, um, you know, a station on the far side of the moon to? Because we got do exploration and things we like beat that. The Russians and we got lazy and we wasn't for. <laughs> yes, I mean, you we have to did. understand that the, the 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 initial space race was not some noble human endeavor of exploration. It was a arms race. It was to prove that we had better military. Capabilities because if I could launch something to the moon, I could probably launch something and destroy your country. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of this was, you know, kind of like you know, it, it was the arms race by other means kind of thing. Now we're getting to the point where space exploration is actually simply for the sake of exploration, which we've never done before. We've always had a government or a military reason. Now we're getting into it for the reasons of economics benefits, um, and so. Okay. I think it's cool. Um, and, you know, long-term, I would think, I, I don't know, this is me spitballing, but, you know, the space station eventually will fall out of orbit, right? Well, yes. if you put something on the moon, you don't have to worry about short of really big disasters. Um, you know, it's you build it, and there it's stained. It's yes. now... Um, That's why I asked why we hadn't thought about this before. Well, the issue is we've just until last year, we haven't sent uh, a uh, spacecraft that's capable of carrying humans to that, to path low, low earth orbit since 1974. So, you know, if we're going to build colonies on the moon, we need to be able, and that's where we're at with Orion and other um, space uh, craft is now we're going to get to the point where we can launch again, people that far. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this all comes down to, I mean, Space exploration comes down to... So would these be similar to colonies that they have, like, in Peru, with those really high altitudes? I would say it's probably more akin to... Where it's very hot, or Antarctic, where it's really cold, or... Yeah, I mean, it's... The biggest problem with space exploration is getting stuff off Earth, because it takes so much energy to, to get even a small payload off the planet. That's the biggest issue that with okay. space exploration, um, and you know, and we're working towards fixing that and getting better at that. So, anyway, so when do you think this the timeline for this sort of thing would be? Well, let's see here. Does he say about twenty years? Uh, about yeah, twenty twenty to twenty thirty time frame. Okay. So somewhere in the next ten to twenty That's, years. Yeah, uh, this is twenty fifteen. Yep. So well, and you're right, and we're trying to land a man on. Or woman, man or woman, on Mars by um, tw- mid twenty thirties, I think. So in the U.S., okay. so yeah, that would be in line. That'd be cool. I mean, if the next twenty years, if we truly land people on Mars and start building a space a colony on the Moon, I'll be like, it'll be like living in Star Trek, man. For it'll be close enough for me. It'd be cool. <laughs> uh, speaking of space stations, um, the space station could potentially get a laser cannon to help destroy orbital debris. Um, just like, you know, everywhere we go as humans, we tend to litter. There is approximately 3,000 tons of space debris up in low Earth orbit. 
old satellites, parts of rockets that never, you know, haven't fell back mm. into Earth. So there's all this junk up there, right? Well, we've got people that live continuously on the space station. And, you know, it is potential that, um, you know, even a tiny little, you know, little screw or little nut could cause real issues to this uh, space station, much lo- let alone real big stuff. So there is talk um, about putting a laser. Now, it's not going to look like the really cool Star Trek, you know, phasers on stun kind of thing, but, you know, it would produce uh, a laser pulse that would, um, you know, heat up the stuff and hopefully have it disintegrate. Blow it up, huh? Basically. Slow, slow. Like, it's like, imagine, like, watching a Star Trek space battle, but in slow motion. Okay. That's the kind of, you know, how we would take care of it. Um, anyway, potential, um, the thing is I think it would require a lot of energy. So I don't know how they would get the power up there to do that. Uh, but then again, you'd only probably have to, you know, in theory, you'd only have to do one shot. So you could probably store up, you know, in some sort of really a lot of capacitors, a lot of charge and then destroy the thing. But then the thing is like how much long, how much lead time, do you know, when a piece of debris is going to impact you, will that be enough time to charge up your power source? Anyway, yeah. uh, it's cool. It's still a concept and hasn't been built, even built yet. So it's going to be a while. Okay. Which, you know, it could be like just three years. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We're going to start getting into some of your stories that you preferred. Uh, Amazon's drones will track you down using your smartphone. Yes. I thought this was interesting, particularly because I'm one of those who turns off location services <laughs> on my smartphone. <laughs> so how are they going to find me? Uh, so the potential idea is that you would order something and instead yes. of having it delivered to your house, it would deliver you to wherever you're at, right? That's yes. what you're trying to go for. That's awesome. Because think about it, like, okay, it's like today we want to go fly my drone, right? Or we want to go play tennis at the court, right? Yes. We get there and we're like, oh crap, I forgot to bring, we forgot to buy tennis balls or I forgot to bring batteries. Do you think it would be that I fast of a, uh, that fast of a delivery? It would, to me, it wouldn't make sense not to couple. If you're going to do worry about tracking where people are, it's got to be real. I mean, now I'm assuming that you're going to pay a premium. I'm sure this is going to be covered, not going to be covered under Amazon Prime. No. <laughs> or if it is, it'll be like a, a, a tiered, like a platinum service tier where you pay an extra couple, whatever bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, but to me, the drone thing doesn't make sense unless. It's for rapidly with things you need now. That's true because what would you do getting something delivered? You know, say you're at work and you have something that's coming. It doesn't make sense to get it delivered to yourself at work because you can't fool with it while you're at work. It's got to be things that are small enough that these drones can pick it up. Yes. You're probably talking with like a five or ten pound payload at most. So it's got to be something small that you just like. Oh, darn. It would be nice if you're on vacation or something like that yeah. and you need to order something. And- like if something like batteries. Like if I forgot batteries for my camera, boom. Yeah. It's cool. But how? I wonder how that works if you want to order it for somebody else. Well, again, right, it, it probably wouldn't. Well, that would actually be cool. So if I wanted to give you a, like, oh, crap, I forgot to get you your Mother's Day gift. Yes. <laughs> Here you go, dear. I can send it right to you. Ah, that could work too. So but, anyway, but how? But wouldn't you need to have location services enabled oh, yeah, on your phone? Right. So the idea. So would be, what I'm thinking, Amazon is going to use this and tie it into some sort of marketing 
research thing where they take your data and use it for oh, you, you have to other things. Right. Because, okay. So when I, if I notice a pattern, if I know that there's like 500 people in the past six months have ordered batteries when they're at this location, mm-hmm. you know, what else could I do with that data? Like, okay, what about, what about this area? And then could I pre pre stage things to make it even faster? Could I, could I make bundle deals? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. It, I love it though. It's awesome. I can't wait. I will. I will be first to <laughs> let Amazon have my uh, location. Be cool. You're gonna be the first one that pays about two hundred dollars <laughs> to. Uh, oh, the, the, right. Stand outside of our house and then have it track you down the using cost. your smartphone. <laughs> caught it all from your money. When you could have paid nothing and just gotten it in two, two days. days. Yeah, we'll see. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Next story, duty, duty. I thought this one was funny. London cops are DNA testing dog poop to track down lazy dog owners. So what they're going to do is at the dog parks, they're going to make you take a cheek swab of your dog and I guess put it in a database. Okay. And then if your dog poops in the park and you don't pick it up, they're going to come out and test the dog poop, see who it matches up to in their database, and then they're going to send you a nice little fine. <laughs> so now our poop needs to have privacy acts. Yes. <laughs> so why wouldn't you just go to somewhere where it doesn't, like, why would I not just go to a park that doesn't require a Well, uh, to be honest, swab? I don't think there's a ton of dog parks in I'm in certain areas. I mean, look at our area, for example. There's not really a lot of dog parks because we kind of live out in the country. But in the cities, I think what they're trying to do is get all of them to jump on board with this. Like it's a city, a citywide initiative. And they say there are cities in the United States that are considering this as well. Yeah. I think um, they're, I don't know. Vet Lab has been offering a service since 2010. Yes, Indiana's Carmel Clay Parks, but I don't get like you've got to get that initial DNA marker, right? Yes, so that that's what I, I'm wondering is what if you just don't? Right, I just don't consent. Put, yes, uh, that just seems weird. Or what if I just like and I give you? A but then maybe address? they could have some sort of lock where you sh- couldn't be able to use the park if you don't consent. Uh, that seems I don't know. That seems. Uh, it seems like it's got it's fraught really? with legal issues. Now, see, not I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like any big deal. It just seems like okay, so, this is a public thing, right? But it's you not it. your right necessarily to use it. It is so. Your right. If you're a taxpayer, you you mean to tell me you would be okay with that? The the only way to use public venue stuff is that if you gave up a DNA sample, if like to come here to drive on the road, you have to have to give up a DNA sample. Uh, that to me no, just seems. But I'm not so sure that some of these things are that public. For example, the Recreation and Parks Division is it. Yes, it uses some taxpayer money, but it also uses a lot of private I mean, donations and private things like thing, that. So I, I get it's fine if it's a private thing and you. One, you have to consent to the terms of service of that private organization. Great. But does your animal Public? have rights? Well, that's all right. And, well, no. So they're, what they're saying is that you didn't clean up after your dog. Because technically, then it's like. But who's using the park? Your animal is. Ah, uh, it's ridiculous. not you, correct? I just, in general, have an issue with the idea that to use public 
thing. It, it is it is required. a slippery slope. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's a slippery yeah. slope. I mean, I, but get it. I, 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 you know, it's 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 great. It's an help. interesting idea. I don't know. I think it's a solution in search of a problem. Yes, there's poop, but what about? I mean, I, maybe it's because we live in the country, but when we go, <laughs> yeah. We, see, it doesn't affect us as much. That's deer poop, or what if that's like raccoon poop or rabbit poop? I mean, yeah. See that that kind of stuff isn't, um, you know, in the city. You don't necessarily have. City people, city a problems. dog park that has deer poop in it. That's just not how it works. All right, we'll see. We got to get off this poop. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here's the one you want to talk about. Yes, Gene I love can this. Makes the trash can do the shopping for you. This is one of those. Why didn't I think of that? Things. Tell me about this, please. Because, well, what it is is it's a little barcode reader that you hook up to your trash can. And when you throw something away in your trash can, you have the option of scanning the barcode on it. And if you scan the barcode of it, what it does is it, it takes it and it makes it into a list and then take, puts it on the cloud, which puts it like to a list on your smartphone or something like that. And it just makes the whole grocery list thing easier because I can't tell you how many times I've thrown stuff away and then walked away and forgot to put it on the grocery list, went to the grocery store, forgot to pick it up, came back home, needed it, and it wasn't there. All right. So here's, I'm going to take it one step further. Ready? Yes. Amazon's going to buy this guy, right? And when you scan it, there's going to be a button that closes up that says, would you like to order from Amazon pantry right now? <laughs> And what it will do That's is true. you hit yes, and then it's going to wait and like, it'll like, cause you know, you're going to scan multiple things probably. And maybe like every six hours it takes whatever it's been scanned and you've said yes to, and it makes that into a package and it, you get it the next day. Yeah, that would be great too. That's cool though. So would you want, would you want one of these? It would depend on how much they were. I can't imagine it would be that much. And if you know they were like $100 or less. because uh, I could probably. <laughs> I think this thing, Pack something together. it clips to the trash can. Or is it built into the trash can? It clips onto it. Okay, right. that's so what I like, thought. That's nice. They're smart that they're not going to make you buy a trash can. Yes, because. I'm not yeah, going to do that. I thought it clipped onto the trash can. So you can keep your trash can. And it's also nice you can put it on the one upstairs for bathroom things, you know, when you right. run out of Q-tips and we throw away the package and yep. we're like, oh, we need to get more Q-tip, you know. So it talks about – so you – That would even actually be more of a usage for me probably than the kitchen one because my list is down on the refrigerator and it's always the bathroom stuff that I forget to put on the list because I throw something cool. away in the bathroom. I don't walk downstairs to put it on. the And then people are going to say, well, why don't you just pull out your smartphone and throw it on the list right then and there? But I just don't. Yeah. you got. I just don't. And that's, and, and <laughs> I can't right. say why it would be, you know, it, it honestly is that simple of a solution as, as to somebody saying, well, then, you know, but, if you really need it, pull out your smartphone and write it down. But I just don't. But you're right. And that's why you're seeing this thing in wearables with the Apple Watch and Google Glass because whether we like it or not, there is a level of indirection of having to take out your phone, 
so if you, hopefully you got it secured, so you got to do a thumbprint reader, put in your PIN, go find the app, launch the app, and then complete whatever input. Yes. It's not like so, it's a huge imposition, but it's enough of one sometimes that you just forget to do right. it. Exactly. Uh, and that's why you're seeing all these things, the Internet of Things, make things like this easier. So I, I think, think this cool. is a great idea. I mean, yeah. it's... It is so simple. It's just one of those, right. why in the heck did I and, not think of this like five years ago? I mean. But you're right. It's a first, it's first oh world my gosh. problems. Yes, absolutely. But, but I'm happy to have them. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Anyway, let's I'm, move I on. I should say I'm blessed to have, to have a problem like that. We're very blessed. Does Facebook shelter people from different opinions. Now, okay, this one was interesting to me because I will admit I'm not, I'm on Facebook, but I do not use Facebook very often, if at all. I would say maybe once every three months I go on Facebook to look for something. And I did not know that Facebook didn't post everything that your friend writes on their wall. And I, I don't think this is limited to Facebook. I think Facebook though is the, the 10,000 pound gorilla. So, and they may, they may have, they may do it more than others. So I thought if your friend posted something and you are friends with them, it's on their wall and you see it because you're their friend. So let's just paint. But it doesn't work like that. Apparently. Right. So let's paint up the picture that people understand. So let's say like you and I say, so I, let's say I tend to lean to the left on political issues. Yes. I tend to lean to the right. Yes. Um, Absolutely. So it's throughout my day. I like things and share things that have a liberal bent to it. And so Facebook learns, Oh, this guy, he's got a liberal bent. Same day, same time, you're out there, you're looking, you're looking at articles favoring things that have more of a conservative bent. And it builds your profile and goes, hey, she likes more conservative things. Mm-hmm. So then it gets to the point though, where now, right, you're saying historically, you're going to get to the point where I, I don't shared, see your liberal articles and you don't see my like, conservative. And therefore that leads people to believe that everyone agrees with the way I think. And therefore people are now, shre- are, are protected from differing points of views. And perhaps that is a part of the issue that we're seeing here, at least in the U.S., where people can't seem to freaking compromise on a damn thing because everyone thinks that they're right and that the only way to win is if the other person loses. Yes. Right. So. And that's what this research article was kind of getting at is that people are losing out. And it, it, it was a very small percentage. Like once they did all of the math and all the algorithms and everything, it came out to be like it was a 1% um, difference as to whether or not you would see a different article or a differing article, I should say, right. than what you believe in. But it was enough of a difference with all the users on Facebook that they felt like it did make a difference with what people thought, because if my conservative articles never end up on your Facebook, not only do you not see them and not potentially change your mind on something, but you're not resharing them with any of your potentially same liberal friends. And then they're not seeing it. And I mean, I can honestly say, even though I tend to be more conservative, 
I very much pride myself on reading things and making up my own mind. And I would, you know, I'm sure there would be things you might share with me, even though they might have a liberal bent to them that I would read and find interesting enough that I would reshare with others. Hence my conservative friends. But then this is saying, okay, well, they're never going to see it because this isn't in their wheelhouse. So, so that's, and that's a, this goes back to the, it's the double edged sword of the internet. Whereas, you know, pre internet, where do people go get their news? They go to newspapers, television, maybe to a certain extent, radio, magazines. So before, but the, the issue was that it was curated and it was controlled by a very powerful monopoly of a few folks that said. This is this is what we need. We only have so many pieces of paper to print. We only have so many minutes on airtime and in the evening to present news. So we're going to pick what becomes news. And therefore, everyone has the same conversation around the water cooler the next day. The Internet, though, came along and smashed that and said, no, everybody has, the, has an equal opportunity to present what they think is news. Mm-hmm. And that there is no, you know, there is no golden or, you know, ivory tower that makes decisions, which was on, on one perspective is a great idea. And I like that. The issue then becomes now everyone, and this goes back to where I think the internet is still immature in that, you know, we, how do you protect the freedom of a speech and gives everyone an equal voice, but at the same time, how do you show, you know, that, that there are people that are just ranting opinions and there are people that are actually presenting, you know, news. And I, I, and I, and I, I'm hesitant to go back and look at old media as the, as the, you know, how we're supposed to do it because it, mm-hmm. it, cause I don't think they figured it out. They had, they had political biases too. Oh yes. Absolutely. So I think we haven't learned as a, as a society, even with the internet to how do you, pre- how do you present things that are opinions, which are right, have every right to be said, but how do you just, how do you inform people the difference between opinion and factual based and I think, well, I think we'll actually the internet and technology will figure out a way to do that, where you you protect the right to everyone having a voice, but you also protect people from, you know. Now let me ask you this: Does Google Plus do this too? Uh, I think so. Is something that you need to Facebook? I would, I would, I you would have, assume that Google Plus does this too. That Google Plus does filtering too. That's why I say I, I think we like to smash you on Facebook, but I think they I think I I can certainly block people in, in um in Google Plus. I don't know if that it takes it learns from that the metadata and the data the content of that message. I'm not sure if they do that or not. not. Um but if they don't for them. Google Plus knows you don't, right. you're not going to see it. I, I don't, I can't, uh, I know Facebook does it. I can't speak to whether or not Google Plus does it. Okay. But I wouldn't, uh, I know, but at the end of the day, so here's the issue. I need to get it every, to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Come there, and they have a quote unquote host that don't review of the world, which we're all yes. Um, 
advised to to be the click yeah so that you are you to come to the like and up up that's the big question is there a penalty that we need to then compensate for and you know, and I, I don't think that there's a legal, I don't think there's a government law or rule needed. I think what will happen is that whoever figures out how to crack that to, to both protect society from one sided views, but also give people a point of view that's, um, you know, a chance to share their point of view. I think whoever does that will get the economic incentive because those people will recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, for better and for worse, Facebook has, issues with people see them as being very anti-privacy. Google has an issue of being seen as just too nerdy. Um, <laughs> and Twitter is just being seen as, you know, you can only say Twitter so much to me seems more. Characters. Yes. It, Twitter to so, me seems like it's more for the younger generation. I don't know why that is. Are, but they're on Instagrams and periscopes. And I didn't even know what periscope was until yesterday. Right, so you're, you're, you're old. I'm way. <laughs> You're way too I'm late. way out of the loop on things. Right? Anyway, I don't know, but I think whoever figures it out um, will reap the economic um, benefit. I just don't think we're there yet, and I'm certainly not smart enough to figure I it out. I think so too. All right, you're going to have to take this one because. Yes, I thought this was interesting. So it says people with depression and bipolar disorder feel sadness differently. So and I think that's quick. an interesting concept. What's bipolar? So, all right, for for people like me who don't know, the depression de- is also called unipolar, meaning just one facet of it. Bipolar means not only do you have depression, you have what are called manic episodes, where you let's see, some people have affairs. Some people go out and spend lots of money. Some people sell lots of things. It's just, a, it's, I don't want to say where you're ramped up, but you are, um, I, there's not really a good word for it. It's called a manic episode though. Okay. And then on the flip side of that is the depression. So, so that's why it's called bipolar. So let, me, it's, let me regard you to what I think you're saying for, so with your depression, you're just, you're in a constant state of mopiness. Yes. Like, depression is a constant state of just bipolar. You could be one day real happy. No, it's not one day. Okay. Um, oh, so there's a span of time. Oh yes. There's a span of time. So there, there, well, And I will say, you know, just in my, my experience with it, because I've been diagnosed with both and obviously I don't have both. I only have one, but in my experience with it, it's a long period of time. Like I very recently was diagnosed with bipolar and I think this is probably the first time in 10 years that the doctor, not that I've had the same doctor 10 years, but this, this particular doctor has hit it on the head because there were probably what years, maybe a span of two or three years where I went through where I spent 
more money than I should have where I was selling things on eBay to get rid of them and just not being myself. Right. You know, I was so focused on those things that I was missing out on just other things. And then I think I went through a period of what they call normalcy, which is where you're just kind of normal. And then I went through a period of depression. Is there really such thing where as normal? I was sad. Well, yes. And yes. It's so, with depression, you either are normal or depressed. You don't have that manic side to it. And what they found out by doing brain scans is when they showed people um, sad photographs, the people who were just unipolar depressed or just who just had depression saw that image and processed it differently than somebody who had bipolar disorder. Okay. Which is really interesting. And the biggest takeaway from this is that depression and bipolar disorder are probably two of, I'll say two of the hardest things to diagnose in mental health because they can be so similar. If you're somebody who, is going through a manic state, you may not very well realize that something's wrong with you. I mean, you can, I think, attest to the fact that even when I was going through my manic state, you could probably see I wasn't myself, but you didn't necessarily think there was anything wrong with me. You were just like, well, something's different and, you know, it's not right, but there's nothing mentally wrong with her. She's just acting the way she is for whatever reason. Now, when you're depressed, that's when people can really start to see there's something mentally wrong with this person. They shouldn't feel this sad all the time. They shouldn't have this bleak of an outlook on life. And that's when you go, that's when most people go to seek treatment is when they are depressed, not when they're in a manic state if you're bipolar. So if you go into the doctor and you say, hey, doc, I'm feeling depressed, he's going to give you medication for unipolar depression, which is very, very different than what the medication for bipolar depression is. And that's the biggest takeaway here is that we're giving a lot of people the wrong medicine because a lot of people actually have bipolar disorder and they're taking medicine for unipolar depression, which doesn't treat bipolar bipolar disorder at all. That's going to be my question. So I'm reading through this, right, because I'm not obviously I'm not a behavior psychology expert. So. I read here and I say that they're saying that, that the, the external behaviors seem to be, when people are trying to deal with the stuff, both unipolar and bipolar seem to have, the behaviors look the same. Yes, the, beha- the, the depressive brain, behaviors look very right. much, they're very similar on the outside and you can't distinguish between them as a person. But the brain, when they say the, the brain, the brain can distinguish between them. So that was my them. question. Yes. So then the issue comes back to, this is, there's different. I was thinking, is it like there's different therapies they go through, but or is this actually, um, there's actually different um, drug regimens that you, you, you. Oh, there's very different drug regimen. Like, if you're someone who has bipolar disorder, the medicine that you need to take is very different than the medicine that you take for just plain unipolar depression. Okay. One does not treat the other. And that's why we have so many people 
who are still facing mental health crisis situations where they still feel depressed. And, and the, I mean, honestly, the catch 22 with any even depression medication, there are different types of just depression medication in and of itself. There's some that treats, you know, serotonin uptake, some that treats, uh, you know, different areas of the brain. There are different classes of drugs. So if your mental health professional can distinguish between whether or not you have unipolar depression and bipolar disorder, it is a huge, I mean, it just bypasses a long, long time where you're trying different medicines that are never going to work for you, Gotcha. which is what I went through where I was diagnosed with just, you know, like I would guess maybe, maybe it was a year, year or two ago, I was starting to feel more depressed and I went to the doctor and I said, okay, you know, told him what was going on. And of course I didn't look back at my previous behavior and see that as a manic episode. I just didn't put two and two together and realize it or I would have told him that. But then lately he really started asking me more questions and whereas none of the depression medicine ever worked for me, the bipolar medicine that he has me on now is working excellent. And I notice such a huge difference just with life. And it's, it's so hard to explain to somebody who doesn't have any sort of mental illness or, you know, anything going on or somebody who we've all been through times of sadness. We've all been through times of grief. All of us have been through periods in our lives where we felt like, you know, the world is ending or somebody broke up with us or somebody passed away in our family or something like that. Depression is not that this depression, bipolar disorder, very, very different from those periods in our lives because we, we get ourselves out of those. I thought you were going to break out and lean on me. (laughs) Depression and bipolar disorder are things that you can't get over on your own. You just can't put your big girl panties on and deal with it. It's just not that easy. Not put my big boy panties. (laughs) Just so you know. It's just not something you can do on your own normally. Now, there are many people out there that are dealing with these things on their own, and some of them are more successful than others. There are some people who are, you know, try more natural ways to deal with it, but I know in my instance, I've been dealing with this probably for the last 10 years. And I think it has a lot to do with the first time when I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. I actually had it for years before they found out. And it just messed with every internal component that I have. And that is when I began dealing with um depression and manic episodes and things like that. I just didn't realize the manic. I think we just found a third uh, podcast here. <laughs> it, it, well, I'm sure there are lots of podcasts on this. I'm sure there are lots of podcasts yeah, on none with depression you. and bipolar disorder. And There's none with you, though. Dear. Maybe there's none that tie into Lyme disease. And to be honest, I'm not sure that there's really been um, probably too many 
scientific uh, research things out there that have tied the two together. But, I mean, I know without a doubt they tied together in my instance. Wow. That was a lot. Good job. Sorry. <laughs> I have a lot to say on that. Shall we move on to the last story? I, I wish I didn't, but I, I unfortunately have a lot to say on that topic. Last story. This is a fun story, too. For, for, wait, for, fun story to the last story was fun? No, I mean, we had some other story. No, the trash can story is yes. what I was thinking of. All right. No, the last story wasn't a – it was not a fun story, but I think it's an important story for people to hear. That's why I put it on the podcast because there are lots of people that are dealing with that. And, A, it's nice to know that you're not alone – And B, I think if they could get to where um, people who are suffering from depression and who the medicine isn't, you know, the doctor's trying different medicine and it's not working for them, if they could go get a brain scan and have it be determined that they're actually suffering from bipolar disorder and get the right medicine, their whole world is going to open up. So I think it's important to put that on there. Right. Yes, let's get into the last story here. Performing math and mime for fun and profit. As we know, it's probably not a, a, a mystery to anyone listening, but um, we really hate the way math is taught in our Common Core. <laughs> Have we said that? <laughs> um, and, well, uh, Common Core, you know, back that up a little bit because not every state uses Common Core. Right, I say how we use Common Core – so in the U.S., you are yes. one of those in the U.S. that use yes. Common Core. Uh, chances are, I believe that over half of the country, I think that's the current statistics of it right now, is that over half of the U.S. states are using Common Core. So uh, chances are, if you're listening to this, that your state probably does use Common Core. It's craptastic. <laughs> it is not the best curriculum in the world. Well, I'll give it that. Yes. So let's, 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 let's end with the cheeriness. So what does the story yes. bring? I like, if you look down here, um, uh, Tanya Chartier, who's I guess the, uh, one of the performers, um, her quote is, it is important to teach people in a way that excites them. And while that's yes. not just, and I will point out, it's not just true for math. That's for, that's true for anything. anything. Yes. But why don't you give me a little background? What, what are the, well, uh, basically this do? guy goes around and, he, uh, yes, he, they, I should say they, I guess. Don't be sexist. <laughs> they teach math in a more visual way and in a way that gets the kids interested and engaged. And like that top picture where he's got the plungers, I think it said he puts the plungers in different arrays right. and teaches the kids about that and then, um, you know, rearranges them and just. You know, he just, they just do it in a way that is really fun and engaging to the kids. And he doesn't speak at all. That's where the mime comes in. And I'm, is his wife that. a mime too? Yeah. Uh, yes. So I think they, so they, they both teach mime math. Without they teach a word. math without saying a word. Oh, 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 God. Now, let us just, preface this by saying last week our daughter had math in school and her teacher 
didn't give them math homework because she couldn't figure out how to do it. Now, if the teacher can't figure out how to do the math homework, how in the heck is the kid supposed to know it? How are the parents who were taught under the old rote memorization way of math supposed to know it? I mean, who writes these curriculums that are so far out of the realm of reality that a certified teacher, and Haley's teacher is an excellent teacher. I love her to death. She, I mean, this has been Haley's favorite year, I think, so far. We have not. We've she is a very. Without crying. Yes. In the year before. Yes. I mean, this teacher is an excellent teacher. She knows how to deal with, you know, kids who may have trouble learning different things. She's helped Haley on a number of occasions learning different things. She makes things fun for the kids. I volunteer on Wednesdays and I see her teaching and the kids are having fun in her classroom. But if somebody like her can't even figure out how to correctly do the math and teach the kids, I've, who's supposed to know? I've, I've tried to read the instructions. Yes. There, I mean, there I are times Haley's brought home homework and given it to you and I, and we've just been like, uh, I, I, I will literally uh, say that I think there, uh, there are people who are doing drugs that are writing this thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it is that bad. It really is that bad. It honestly is that bad. It's and like, I mean, are you smoking dope? When somebody says two plus two, show me three ways of how you get that right. answer. How do you do that? Two plus two is four. It's the end of the story. Yes. There, there's just, and that's what worries me. It's like when I, as, as you know, someone who's now hitting the, the midpoint of his career, engineering career, and I look at, you know, the newer, you know, and the, they're like anything, they're really good engineers and young guys and gals. But I see like there's this, this, you know, the, the, the 50%, the happy median, um, that just the, the, the math as well as just the general analytical, it's, it, you can tell they've been brought up in this, way of of it's more important that you understand how you got there versus and in the real world we just we've got to get to the right answer or the best and not the right answer the best answer and and in in the shortest amount of time and it's important to know how to do it but it's even more important how to know how to do it correctly right and and just and, and to be second nature i guess my point is there's so much over analysis to get to the, to the answers that, you know, reminds me of all those word problems that we had growing up where, you know, if a train is traveling from Houston, those aren't bad, but 75 miles an hour. But, and my point <laughs> is this, is that it's fine. Those are fine problems. But I, if I figure out one way to solve it and it's the most efficient way for me to un- get through, done. It's over. See, that's what, that's what common core, different ways. honey, that's what common core is trying to do is they're saying, okay, I've got a room full of kids. I don't know which kid is going to take to which way of doing this. So because of that, I have to teach every single way out there. And that's fine and well, except we don't have the time for that in public education. And it just the, it confuses the rest of the kids who are then made to do it all right. of and those different the, ways. Right. And that's the thing is, 
I'm, I'm cool with teaching a handful of different ways, but when it comes time to do the homework, the you test, should the only have work, to do it the way that you know how the to way do that it. makes sense. Yes. For you. That's the bottom. If line. you know how to do it and it's correct, then it's correct. Right. Period. The end. That's it. But they're making these kids. Okay. The teacher shows them five ways of how to do a problem. They're making these kids come home and do all five ways. And I mean, it makes absolutely no sense from a psychological standpoint because you're only going to people are a certain type of learner. Yes. That's different between people, but just because maybe you're a visual learner, maybe I am more of a written type of a learner Right. And you can't force someone to adopt every friggin' way. No, no, you just can't. Right. So. You absolutely can't. And especially being that young, all you're going to do is confuse them. Right. We're and talking that, elementary school age. And the other issue I had with Common Core is that, and, and this maybe I should clarify my earlier statements about right answers, is that there's such a drive, such a focus on math and reading things where there's a right and wrong answer that we've also killed the fact that a lot of real world work is that there is not a single right answer. Now, certainly yes, math insert. Yes, there are. Yes, there is most, most math. Yes. There's a right answer. (laughs) Unless there's some sort of complex number, imaginary number thing that, you know, I, even I forgot. Um, But my point is, you have to also balance the fact that there's certain type of learning where, yes, you need to have the strict rote memorization. It's right answer. There's wrong answers. But we can't also at the same time then give up the fact that there's other types of learning and uh, knowledge that is not necessarily a, a clear black and white right or wrong. If there is things that there are better answers, especially in engineering, there are better solutions, but there very rarely, if ever, is a right solution. Yes. And Common Core has killed that because it's all focused about. The focus is on how you do it and not, not why you do it or whether or not it's wrong. I mean, she's had a lot of homework where the homework was actually not being done to get the right answer. It was being done to see if you could show your work. Right. And, and what, that is yes, what does that teach the kid? Reprehensible. <laughs> it, it does not teach the kid anything if they can't even get to the right answer. Right. Plus, it makes so what much more work for the teachers. That are, have a right answer. And certainly, yes, math. And poor teachers are overworked as it is. And it makes, I mean, it makes it so hard for them to have to grade papers. And Anyway, we've granted. So these folks are trying to teach it by using basically visual fun exciting yes, things that fun visual cues yeah that make you um want to learn and this um, is in DC right uh North Carolina North Carolina okay yes Davidson College in North Carolina I don't know why I thought professor. it was in DC they probably traveled around maybe they come maybe yeah maybe yeah. they uh came to DC so if you're interested in if you're like us and you've got an issue with common core maybe you can reach out to these people because they will they will come to your colleges conferences schools across the country um and you know what? I mean this could probably be great for adults too I mean uh, I would love I would think that I think math is that universal answer to what is the most hated subject in school <laughs> well, at least in the US well I mean I sit here and I look at we watched the amazing race the other night, right? And the people like divide two numbers and they couldn't do it. 
and it wasn't like these were it wasn't like dealing with fractions or decimals. It was like, you know, divide yes, 100 just, by 5. Yeah. And, like, they were getting, like, 50,000. Like, first of all, when they got an answer that was bigger than the two numbers, <laughs> that should have been a red flag. That flies against the face of what division is. <laughs> yeah, taking something to do. Anyway, um, I agree. I think that, and it, like I said, Matt, and, and I try to do that with the, when I teach electronics classes. Yeah, so. One, is that learning has to be and this is what I learning learned, and, should be fun. fun right and this is what I learned in Boy Scouts it should be as I you know as and you know because each each month you have a theme be it safety you be um, camping skills um, but whatever the whatever that monthly thing is the, the success was was determined by whether or not the scouts were learning without them knowing that they were learning because they were having fun is the point mm-hmm. Uh, that and I, uh, sorry, I just I I don't think, you know. Well, our just schools are definitely not there. Yeah, and we sorry, we because we suck at the fun, and you know. Yes, we. And if we it's one thing, if you want to have the, the math class, you know, sometimes yeah, you can only have so much fun with math. Um, but then you need to then you need to balance the brain can have the other joys from things like art and music and balance it out. Whew, we we went way too long. So go check out the uh, Tim and Tanya Chartier. I think we say that every time, we don't do. we? Well, we every time you say "woo," we have went way too long. Gosh darn! <laughs> All right, let me um, let me end this. I was considering here. we had a lot more stories today. I didn't think it was too bad. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. See, the problem is, I'm thinking like we started at one o'clock. That was our goal, but we didn't actually start at. No, one. not quite. Um, we it's two thirty. We need to get out of here. Yes. Um. So, uh, I guess, is there anything else that you need to broadcast or show or tell nope. about? No. Nope. Um, next podcast, I will talk about my Mother's Day present that is still in the mail. That is on its way. Checks in the mail. Um, yep. It's a Fitbit charge. Oh, you gave it up. Oh, was I not supposed to? You weren't supposed to. Now they know. Oh, that's well, okay. Good. If, you, if you stay to the end, now you've got a little bonus stuff. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted them because that Maybe this way I'll be able to have had it for a week, a week and use it, and I'll be able to talk more about it than just. And we so here here's another, another the question. Um, so we went with the the, the Fitbit. And now it's a little too late. Maybe I don't want to know, but we went to the, 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 the Charge HR because it has a heart rate monitor. Yes. Just curious what and because heart rate with her health stuff is really important. Yes. Um, Ever since I what other diagnosed kind of with Lyme, my heart rate goes body way monitoring up. things do you all use? Well, that? there are blood pressure monitors, which I should say the last time I was at my um, arthritis doctor, they suggested I get one of those too, but I didn't tell you that. I'll say my that blood pressure was way up. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Uh, all so right. You can buy that for That'll me. That'll be for Christmas. Christmas. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with that, um, steampowerpodcast.com you can find links to everything else we do uh, gearsofresistance.com for the uh, open source hardware and electronics kind of things and uh, until I guess that's it right? Yep so that's let it me, um, let me wrap this up there and press the um, God I'm talking real fast sorry uh, thank you You're all a little manic today honey well, I'm gonna get out of the house for a little <laughs> bit we'll see if that happens uh, so I think we will Thank you all very, very much for listening, slash watching, slash sharing, slash liking, slash tweeting, slash retweeting, yes. and whatever else you do. And um, and thank you guys especially for listening to my little um, 
diatribe on depression and bipolar disorder. Yes. I know it's sort of a wah, wah, wah kind of topic to talk about, but I think it's important for yeah. people to hear. And whether or sure. not you suffer from it, whether or not you know somebody who suffers from it, it's just important to be aware and have of a conversation. It. Yes. It's all good to talk. That's what I've learned in life as a nerd, <laughs> as an engineer. As a geek, you as mean. As a geek. Yes. So anyway, with that, thank you all very, very, very much for listening. And until next time, stay quirky. And keep it steamy. Later. Bye. Bye.